Welcome to Tactical Crouch. I, I believe it's 153, is it, Joe? 152. 52, really? Oh, wow. Um, 52. We're once again without, without our beloved host. Dad! Dad's gone! That means this one is going to be a little bit all over, all over the place. Hope to make it up with a couple of contextual information regarding the recent news. Otherwise, Jesus Christ, Joe! Like everything happened in this last since the last time we recorded this show. Like, I feel like everything's happened and nothing has happened. Does that does that does that make sense? I know that that's like a very cooked, like shower hot, like shower thought thing to say, but right. like, I had to look back and be like, okay, what did happen? Because I feel like a lot happened, but I don't really, nothing really stuck. It was just like quick glances and quick just tweets. Well, I'll tell you what, Lister happened, and that's already a lot for, that's my, true. for my little heart That's to true. Happen. The shock did happen. Well, was that like right as we were doing the episode of Shockwave last week? And it was just like, ah. It might have been. It might have been. I think yeah. it was like pretty close. But yeah, that definitely happened. That was, that was big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot more stuff happened, and I'm sure we will get to it. Right. But... I think it makes most sense because this role is currently happening. Um, and we're, of course, talking about the Paris Eternal. And I'll come right out of the gate and say that whoever leaked this should be ashamed of themselves. Because, A, those contracts were not even remotely signed by the time this was leaked. And... There were big decisions in the way where this actually doesn't happen. Mm. So for this to happen like that, and now for this person to get all the brownie points, when in essence, what it really was, was a priority list that they leaked. And they seem to have gotten a lot of their topics. It's reckless. Which is good for them. It's utterly reckless. And nobody should be supporting this. With that little bit of annoyance out of me i still really like the direction and the it is hard right to compete with the roster building scheme because we now have two teams in in europe that are competing with european guys and we have also a bunch of other teams that are valuing bringing on uh, english-speaking players so Mm -hmm. you gotta compete against all of those and with that in mind, I think this roster is actually pretty good. Even though we will have to talk about how good it is in the context of the entire league. Just oh, of course. Like, I mean, I don't think anybody is running around talking, you know, and, and again, for people who haven't necessarily been following it as closely, obviously the news is still dropping. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, more moves happen as the show progresses. But as of right now, the two announced players, um, along with Avala being named as the new Eternal GM, are Naga and Onigod. 
mm-hmm. uh, two players who've definitely been around for a very, very, very long time, um, deservedly finally getting their shot. Only got obviously playing last year as well and and having a good run, but Naga finally being able to to kind of step in and show stuff. And again, a player that has been touted and talked about very, very highly. Um, this is a team. If this if this is a trend to continue, um, like you said, is probably going to compete with with positions against you know the the London Spitfire, kind of focusing on that EU talent, which is a region that has been rich with kind of diamonds in the rough that you still can pull from and make a very competitive roster with. This I I, I don't think that this is going to be an incredibly strong team. You know, like it, when we come to power rankings, especially. Not a team that you're going to like throw near the top by any summation, but a team that's going to be competitive, a team that's going to do well for themselves. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that EU's finally getting the love that they deserve and getting a little bit of focus because it is, like I said, it is a talent pool that really hasn't been tapped into much at all. Right. And for sure, there are certain caveats to be made or reservations to be held. I think nobody would generally disagree that top European talent has been a staple for a lot of great teams uh, over the years. Um, Like, for instance, Flex DPS in Europe is pretty stacked in in general DPS roles. If you're thinking about KSP, Shockwave. um, uh, And this isn't even just a recent thing. Yeah, like Like throughout the history of, of Overwatch as a game, like Nevix, Kib, you know, you go back, you know, you go towards the back end of, of you know, you've got Taimu, like all of these like, kind of not beta players, but you have a ton of just European talent that came out of the gate swinging and doing incredibly well for themselves. Right. So it's. It's definitely going to happen, like, right, like it like there there's talent there and there always has been. So it's just it's been a matter of time before somebody's like, OK, well, we can't necessarily compete here. We can't compete here, so we have to go to Europe. And I think either one of these teams is going to do well. I'll, I'll also say main support is definitely also a role that uh, Europe has generally delivered. If we're thinking about right. Funny Astro, uh, FD God, honestly think, like for the most part, over the, the history of the Overwatch League, you would have to mention both Neptune mm-hmm. and Masa um, as standout players. So in that regard, like... Europe has had great um, contribution. You could argue that they, like the European teams, have been generally weak on on some roles. Um, I'm thinking maybe main tank, um, but yeah. Otherwise, it's also like I I already can as- anticipate people saying, okay, look at Gauntlet, look at how mm-hmm. like. This this narrative of being the best in goats and these types of things have been happening, and um, oh, I'll speak of the devil. Did another just pop? Now before before we get to it, before we get to it, we're gonna dedicate that specific roster announcement to our patron producers who we Correct. did not forget about you. No, we just jumped the gun. <laughs> had it had to had to purge a little bit. You know, right. There was just you know, we were coming in hot. We were coming in bothered, right? And we had to we had to you know <laughs> squeeze one out. Um, so the the next segment of the show will be uh, brought to you by our patron producers, 
uh, Refined Bean, Fradinho, Pin, Battle Crab, Lotion, Rexane, Audio Compass, Kasha 67, Char, Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tane, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris R, 34444, Horbjorn. I listen to this podcast while on, whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Shrek 2 on DVD, Sir Girth a lot, and Bronze Bot Buhau. We didn't forget you. For, forget about you, I promise. All right. Yeah, that was my bad. I already, I got juiced up. And yeah, it was, I, it was, I, to, I wasn't about to stop the train. I, I, I know the to, community loves their juice, share. their context. Yeah, well, because I, I already saw the narrative breaking loose in, in the sure. comment sections. And it's, it's just unbearable. Um, yeah, 100%. Just, Let him go. Yeah, morally impermissible. So, um, right. But I think we can break these down uh, point by point. And I mm -hmm. think while we're talking about them, maybe there's more to come. So... Uh, where do you want to so start? So with with Paris, we don't want to we don't want to skip over them because they just announced Neptuno. Yes, that's my what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Go, uh, Paris player by Paris player. You know, that's sure. That's what. My... So do you want to start with Neptuno then? Sure. Let's okay. Go. Good. Okay, so <laughs> let me let me contextualize a little bit okay. because I think Neptuno's career as like a main support player is a little bit underappreciated uh in the for sure in the headspace that he occupies for most people i <laughs> think he was very clearly one of the top main supports in season 1 um breach was solid in season 2 season season 3 comes around and he has to spend a month in quarantine during the season and I do believe, very much like the Nero situation, that Natuna would have been the starter for the charge last year had he been available to the charge for the entire time. But it's very hard grinding back, especially in the practice conditions that they apparently had during the, the quarantine, which nobody is really to blame for. So yep. I think there's ample reason to believe that uh, Neptuno can still bring it. Also from a leadership perspective... Very hard worker, has a good attitude towards um, playing the game. So mm -hmm. it would have actually been a shame had he not been uh, getting office in, in your watch league. Because I, I think, yeah. as we said, like, that's a guy that you would probably have to mention in the same breath as Masa. Um, who I also think should always, at the current skill level of the overall talent available... Um, for the main support role, should always be mm -hmm. finding work at the moment. So, <laughs> I think this is a solid pickup, especially like from a veteran perspective, maturity perspective, and um, also European talent. So, it's true. Definitely lands well. I, 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 this is maybe, maybe, maybe you can kind of, you know, vibe check me here, but I get the feeling that Neptuno is going to be a fantastic coach one day. Yes. Like I see him as like a mythy style character from like EU yes. where like he's going to like he's going to have a fantastic career, go out on a high note and then just become like a sick sick coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe specifically strategic. I it's it's hard to say, but like I look at him I'm just like, yeah, I could see you coaching a team. Like mm -hmm. I don't know what about him. I just I just see at, at some point in his future like him staying within maybe just esports. Maybe it's not necessarily Overwatch, but I can see him kind of like staying within you know, the overall FPS space and maybe 
you know, dabbling in a little bit of Valorant, maybe staying with an Overwatch for a few years. You know, I, 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 I dare I say lifer, but yeah, I, I, this is, this is a fantastic pickup for Paris. A good, this is, this is already a good base for, to kind of start, to start um, evaluating Eternal with. And Neptuno, yeah, this is, this is a fantastic pickup and has, you know, you just talk about his career. What, what, ha there hasn't, there, He's been around for so long. It's just like, what, what's, what's the next thing? What's, what's something new you're gonna throw at him? Because it's, yeah, there's probably not too much you can surprise him with at this point. He's probably seen a lot. He's probably seen it all, especially when it comes to like just people he's been around. So it's like you know what you're getting with him, and and it's a good, solid pickup. I'm, I'm very, very pleased with that. I also think he's mechanically quite strong, um, in terms of like. I mean, he started out as a DPS player, but it's also, like, let's say, let's say you don't, and actually, I sincerely don't know any of the, uh, of the, um, the plans that uh, Paris has, but let's say mm. you don't have the money for a second uh, flex support in, in a double flex support meta. I think you can put him on BAP and feel good about it uh, yep. in terms of the level of play that he will be uh, giving you in comparison to the, his other other heroes. So, mm -hmm. in that regard, probably has even a leg up on on, on some of the less mecha mechanically uh, inclined main supports that are uh, generally considered very good, um, but would have to be benched in those situations. I I hate to draw this to a tangent, but you kind of like poked a thought into my head. Mm -hmm. If, for instance, like Team A doesn't have enough budget to be able to splash and you know have a, a deeper bench when it comes to flex support do you try to make a mechanically gifted main support play that that off flex support role or do you take your like dedicated hit scan player like we've seen with like xc back in the past with like element mystic like bazzy um do you kind of put them towards something like a zen something like a bap do you kind of where where would you necessarily choose the main like a, a a gifted main support like Neptuno or maybe somebody like an Oni God. Like, do you think Oni God would be all that bad like on BAP or like Zen? I mean, there is precedent, but obviously think... he can't play. But yeah, you know, you you wouldn't be able to play in the DPS role and the support role. But yes, um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's enough precedent for this to be mm. a thing. Um. Of course, there are obvious ones and loud ones sure. like Rascal. Yeah. But uh, I don't think, generally speaking, that's something you would want to do. Basically, also because of like mindset switches are uh, feel very big between these roles in terms mm. of what they're trying to accomplish, and the flexibility needed is probably pretty wide comparatively. Um, and then also, if you're already uh, running budget of course like um you might not have the double um you know dps uh, left over in order to fill the flex row so maybe maybe that's the question that it's like if you had to have an eighth man or, or what's the the minimum roster these days is it seven, seven. is it eight i don't remember seven so if you had to have an eighth fourth, player yeah if you had to have an eighth player would you want an added dps or an added support dps most definitely yeah i agree because like but. it's just such a wider champion pool, and the probability okay inherent in Overwatch, 
I feel it's much more inherent in Overwatch to have double hitscan compositions than double flex support compositions. That it's it seems much more likely for uh, that to happen. Yeah, like I, I imagine. I agree. Just like go through your mind how often like Ash Tracer, Ash. Uh, yeah. Sorry, but that's uh, the thing. Tracer. Is like I I don't think hit scan is like a good enough definer for that because i can i can probably think of like a handful of like mid to long range hit scan players that either i don't necessarily rate super highly on these flanking hit scan heroes sure. or that just haven't played it professionally and maybe have it behind the scenes and you know showcase it it's right. tough to rate them but you of course you wouldn't pick up two sniper specialists right no of you course you would so. always have like one spot uh hit scan specialist that is like you know the Right. I'm not even sure if it, it's an interesting topic that maybe is a can of worms that you shouldn't open it right here. But yeah, the distinctions we used to make in terms of like single shot uh, hit scan DPS and tracking aim doesn't seem to be holding up that very well uh, yeah. in today's structure. And um, we'll have to. It's it's really hard. Language is hard in Overwatch because we're trying to find apt. Can't, can't imagine why. Yeah, but we're trying to find app descriptors, but we also want some, some you know, like, normative power to it, so it stays for, for, with us for a little bit. But then the game switches so much, and language should be switching with that as well, but then we're confusing people even harder. And Yeah, because they're so used to defining it as one thing, and then the game changes, and you have to change the definition, and it's just a constant, like, catch-up. Right, right. Yeah. And but yeah. The problem is like just saying like this guy is a hit scan DPS doesn't really tell you what he actually plays. Oh, yeah. And saying like even saying like someone is an off tank player or a main tank player doesn't also Yeah, Marvel is a main tank and an off tank. Right. Like you can put him in both categories. It's just like, yeah, that checks out. So now now we've just gotten to this is a damage dealer. What kind? You yeah. just gotta see what you get on the day. I don't know. Yeah. I feel, if anything, the most rigid definition currently is flex support. Where, because we didn't have double main support matters in a hot minute, yeah. there's, like, the main support player, uh, the flex support player can almost always play um, one of two heroes, or one of three heroes, and still be good, even though now I'm thinking about... Moira Lucio comps and there I guess it's it's a little yeah but in general yeah we we got to be fluid with language at the same time we want to tell people what's going on and it is hard it's tough um we we speaking of fluid right this roster like Naga from my understanding again not a not a player I'm super comfortable with right yeah not a player that that I know a ton about and and hopefully I you know ideally we we can bring you know some EU guests back on and and contextualize some of these rosters in the future. But a player that I've heard around flexibility a lot, like I I don't hear Naga and flexibility too you know divorced from each other when brought up in conversation. Is that is that kind of the same essence that you've kind of gotten over over the off season? Sure, a and I think that's an that's another interesting one where I think a lot of people in their minds were just like. Uh, that guy could be in Overwatch League, when in reality, he had more than a Paris offer, right? So, it's, it's, 
interesting to see how represented talent is in the general community. I would even include myself in that. Like if I'm thinking mm. of Flex DPS, uh, who I would pu be putting in there and suggesting to people, Naga wouldn't have been on the t on top of the list or would have likely shown up as like a definitive he's going to be in Overwatch League. But okay. I also don't uh, have like I, I I didn't pay too much attention to contenders and I also didn't see him in trials. So I think it's interesting to see then that uh, more attention was given. Um, and I also think like from from quick research on and feedback from coaches on him, I think that's also warranted because that's a player that's very coachable, um, generally uh, rather flexible, uh, doesn't have an attitude, like just the type of guy that solid coaching can definitely build up on. I think that's the future. I think that's that's exactly what you want, especially in a game. Uh, and I hate to keep you know beating the drum, but until it slows down, then beat away, I suppose. Um, that's kind of the player that you're you're looking for, right? Somebody that can roll with the punches. Somebody that's going to be you know open to taking criticism when it's warranted. And let's face it, when the game changes as often as it does, it's it's tough to not you know maybe not necessarily slump, but you know it takes time to catch back up and and pick back up as the game's moving so quickly, you have to kind of track it and, and being able to, to help coach that player and allow that player to coach them. You know, it's, it's that that's, that's, you have to be mindful of that. I know that it kind of started as a meme with, with Boston It's like, Oh, we're aiming for them coachable players, but it, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of truth. And it's, then it's also on the coaches, of course, to level up these players in essence. Mm. Right. Give me another name from the Paris uh pickups. I'm not gonna lie. I I I I don't know if I mentioned this or maybe I wrote about it, but like you turn off the uh the name plates when you look at the Dallas few last season and you show me a couple Oni God games, you show me a couple decay games. Sometimes it's tough to to really tell them apart. I wouldn't go this far, but it is a there, really was, there were a couple moments. There were a couple Gibraltar games and I'm like if you if you kind of blindfold me and just show me that clip and don't tell me the context, I would have swore that was Decay. Yeah. He's he's got some juice to him. He's got some weapons. Okay, so I'm not saying all the time, Chad. Right. I'm not saying all the time. Right. There are some moments though. In in my mind, here's here's why why I take some issue with that. One is the one of the hi hardest hyper carries 100%. the game has ever seen. Yes, I agree. And the other guy at times can have skill peaks. But it's generally more known as a player that can make do mm -hmm. and is probably like a 90%, you know, like in the range of all these other great European hands, uh, flex uh, players like a Kefster, like a KSP, like a mm -hmm. uh, Shockwave. Um, may maybe even closer. Maybe I'm talking a BS and he's right up there. But um, I, I, d I thought. Uh, that was definitely a player that deserved another chance after the Dallas Fuel. One of the uh, better players coming out of the that, that um, situation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's an it's a warranted pickup, um, and 
The thing is, maybe I am a little bit his... Like, for me, he's not a hyper-carry in that sense. He more compares... Okay, this is going to sound really ridiculous, but more like a Ursa type player. Now, people will think, okay, Ursa means hyper-carry. No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Ursa means yeah. hyper-carry in the sense making a lot out of very little and actually mm. disliking the situation of having high resources. Yeah. So that is more the the type of player I think he is. Um but yeah, uh also like just just super widespread on the heroes he can play. And it's a, mm -hmm. it, like if you are not super solvent in in or solvent is the wrong word, but spending a lot, then that's mm. the type of player if you can get that guy, then yeah. that's a, a great person to have in that 100%. position, right? So yeah. I think I think Oni, given some time, I think I think the narrative will change around him. And, and no, I don't think he's directly comparable to Decay. Uh, but I I think there's star potential there. Once he kind of settles in, once the the season settles out, I, I think there's there's a lot to change about the the narrative from contenders coming into Overwatch League and then being directly comparable. Obviously, it's tough to compete with some of the best hit skins in the world, right? There's so many talented players here, but when you when you kind of give Paris the benefit of the doubt, when you give Oni God the benefit of the doubt, I think they're going to do a lot with a little. I think this. I think of both of these EU teams, both London and Paris, they're they're going to surprise some people. And I I I I said it before the season. You know, I'll I'll say it this season. I think you're going to be surprised. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets. That that mid pack looks way too competitive for everybody to get it right. I'll be very surprised if everybody lands on their feet with all of these super competitive rosters and they all look amazing. That'd be fantastic. I'd love that. Right. I don't see London or Paris with what they've shown me thus far that it's too far below comp you know, competition. I, I think you're going to see Paris probably take some names come early. Well, maybe not early, but... Okay. Let me contest you on that because... I agree okay. in as far as we're not going to see a Shanghai Dragons situation. We're also not going to see a Florida Season 2 situation. Mm -hmm. But we might be seeing Houston Outlaws from a lot of these guys um, down in the cellar. Because I think legitimately they're like just in NA they are probably like nine teams that are really good in, in comparison. And while I don't think they will get like i think of those teams that look stacked some will just not be able to bring it to the table consistently and we will have these anti-dark horses that just completely like shit the bed and will not be as good as we, uh, we anticipate and maybe those uh, can be beaten by by the paris and uh, the the london's of the world I think, for instance, Vancouver is probably very likely going to be the worst team in the Overwatch League uh, next year. Um, they're, they're a candidate. They're a candidate on my list, at least. We'll see. Boston looks much improved. I don't know. Like, it's, it's really... It's really... I understand the notion because this team looks good, but this season looks to be the most competitive season... Oh, 100%. Uh, ...of the Overwatch League yet. And that's the giant asterisk on a lot of these comments, but I'm I'm very comfortable in the idea that 
we're going to probably see another Valiant. Maybe for a short time. Hmm. Maybe for, you know, a right. couple months. Doubtful across the entire season. I think that's that's very difficult to do. But right. if the pieces are all there, and I'm kind of interested to see exactly uh, where Paris goes in terms of coaching staff, but there's there's a real opportunity for them to do it. You know, be the team that's more than the sum of their parts. Right. Where you can punch up extremely hard and start to take some names and start to be in a playoff discussion where in the preseason you had no business being there. Right. When you have all these teams signing fantastic Korean players and then you have that EU team that kind of pushes it forward, drives that investment back into the EU market. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm looking at these two teams and I I'd be willing to put some money down on them. I think the nature of the next season is just going to facilitate that type of outbreak performance because if okay let's let's make some assumptions right okay. i think hero pools will stay and i in think in some fashion yeah i think two week hero pools look to be the the way they're going about it I don't know if that can be a structure over the entire season because of the reduced roster structure. Maybe tension will rise and we will have a discussion mid-season or something. But for yeah. now, I assume we start the season off, uh, uh, start the season with hero pools. We're going to have Safe. significantly less regular season matches. Sure. So I think that's a tendency that we can generally observe. We started with 40, then we went down to 28, then we went to 21 this season, I think we're going to have less next season. Think 16 over the entire season. 16 get matches, which is four matches for every tournament qualification. For every tournament, yeah. It'd just be qualifiers, basically. And which I'm not mad at. Um, that means if you're good in the first two matches that might be on hero pools, theoretically mm-hmm. speaking, it could be your first three matches, depending on how your scheduling works out. You could absolutely be qualifying for, uh, for tournaments with that. And then when, once you're in the tournament bracket itself, well, then things look interesting for you, right? Then, of course, it's going to be no hero pools. Maybe that doesn't help you as much anymore. Maybe that helps you more. Maybe you hit two matches in a row where you're pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a big uh, patch change once again, right? I think that yeah. in that regard, yes, like... Maybe we can have one of these teams in a similar situation, let's say, how we thought about, uh, is that fair? Houston season one, where they had a super good, a couple of mm-hmm. good stages, but couple otherwise. A couple good picks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like something like I think, this. I think we have tricks. that every season, right? Like, let me pull up the old contenders, or not contenders, but Overwatch League. Like, I feel like in season one, you obviously had Houston. Season three, Valiant's an obvious pick. Right. Season two, you want to throw out 2019, splashing some Shanghai every once in a while. Obviously, it's tough because, you know, Hero Pools changes so much and gives us so much meta variety, especially when it comes to tournaments. Um, it, it feels weird kind of mentioning Paris Eternal, but seeing them peak as hard as they did during the Genji meta definitely plays up. It, it seems to be more apparent than ever that to win the league you need that punching power right right and i don't think that these these european teams lack all that much of 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 direct punch and i think that's very easy like i think the valiant kind of i i I don't want to discredit what they did by trying to say everybody else could do it but i I think that it's doable 
I think with the right staff, with the right pieces, I think you can do something very, very similar. Right. I'll say that. I think there's another element in the room, elephant in the room about making sure they have equal playing grounds in terms of ping and everything. Oh, um, 100%. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. I think that might theoretically pose some challenges uh, over the season. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I think there is a way where they can be streaky and can mm -hmm. hit a meta where everything works and then they maybe get into a semi-final of a tournament. Sure. Instance, right? I think that's, that's, that's legit. I think that's where um, some of these like perceived bottom tier teams will end up being. Yep. I, 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 don't, I don't feel super strongly about any team right now. Obviously, Boston looks to be making some changes and, you know, we'll see when they happen. We'll see what, what they look like when they happen. Um, th there are some obvious, you know, like, like we said, candidates for bottom of the, the leaderboard. But even then, it's like, I, I, maybe, it's, maybe it's me being too nice. Maybe it's trying to give the benefit of the doubt, but it's just like, with hero pools being so chaotic, maybe you find your meta, maybe you kind of bounce back. I mean, again, I remember plenty of episodes last season where it's like, yay, Boston's not completely, you know, dog shit. Boston, you know, is competitive. They can compete. I think it was Punk that they brought in and looked fantastic. So it's like there, there's room for these teams, especially with these new contracts, to make some moves maybe midseason, hopefully, again. What if? A lot of this is just what if, but I, I, I really lean on that, that narrative that this is the next season. Like this, this next season is going to be incredibly competitive. Like you said, it's, I, I think we're going to see power ranking shift constantly. So it'd actually be kind of fun to, to track how we feel about the teams maybe after this, after each tournament instead of just like season wide, because it, they are kind of meta snapshots every what couple months. Yeah. Every two to three months. Mm. So it's, I think, I think Europe can do it. I think, I think y'all are selling Oni got a little short, but, um, yeah, I, I I'm okay. pleasantly surprised. Let's, I think that that was all the announced players so far. And I'm sure there will be probably someone else being announced during the episode. And we can always go back uh, to the respective player then. But, Another team announced a bunch of players, and I would love to see how you think, in your mind, they compare against, uh, for instance, a team like Paris, right? And it's, mm. of course, the Houston Outlaws. Um, so, Outlaws, as far as I... Okay, this is going to be dangerous, because I, like, I used up yeah, the entire, entire roster, and I'm not sure what was actually announced, but... Um, mm. So... They picked up KSF. They picked up Piggy. Yes, they, yep. they picked up Happy. I can remember these three. Is the mm. main tank announced? Someone uh, tell me in chat. Goo. Yeah, is that announced yep. or is that that is announced? Okay, sweet. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I remember Hush's tweet now. Right. Okay. So, what do you think of that roster? This is a team that I'm. <sighs> I want to, I want to like, but I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Mm -hmm. Like from the top down, there's a lot of it I like. I think Piggy's going to come in and maybe surprise some people. 
Um, he played well in China. Happy's obviously somebody who I think is, you know, brings that, that, you know, mid to long range hit scan punch that you, you kind of need for this league at the moment. KSF kind of like changed my opinion of him towards the Genji meta. I thought that he was fine and then kind of became way more than fine. I thought he was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really don't think we've seen enough or not seen enough of him, but I don't think we've seen uh, the depth that he can bring. I think he probably has a lot more flexibility than he's shown us thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a team that I want to like on paper. And maybe it's like the power rankings yelling at me. Where it's just like, oh, you can't put them too high because there's mm-hmm. so many other good teams. Yep. But it's another one of these teams that I think probably consistently better than some of the. Uh, I don't know. It's such a hard team to get a read on. Because it doesn't jump off the page, at least in in my eyes, it doesn't completely jump off the page. But that's not something you necessarily always want. You need, just need a couple pieces too. And I think you get that with Happy. I think you get that with Dante. I'm not super like confident in the tank line, but I'm open to being surprised. I'm open to being, you know, explained who these not who these players are. I've seen Piggy. I'm not necessarily too familiar with Jungu, but. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a better look, Houston, than we have seen in the previous seasons, which is good. Then you have to talk about the coaching staff, which I think is stellar. Mm-hmm. I, I want to like this team, and I just don't know why I don't. Right. Yeah. Where do you, where do you kind of sit on it? So I think they would have to be considered a tier above, at least uh, above the expected bottom tier. I think I get give a lot of yeah. uh, credibility to the coaching staff in particular. Um, in my mind, that was basically the the architects of whatever USA did at World Cup. I think they okay. brought in assets that helped them win at World Cup with KSF. Um, I think they sub, sub like they they in my mind how, when i think about these two uh coaches i think they they add on to each other in a yin and yang way where mm. junk buck it seems to be to be like the guy that can just like download a team an opponent and like has a really good understanding of double shields and that type of stuff um mm. while like i think harsh's strengths always is having a wisdom about him and a, and a okay so common sense is readily accessible to everyone right everyone mm. has been told by their grandmas to use common sense and we all have these um these directives to act upon there are very few of us that can consistently uphold these uh these values and these life lessons yep. uh in especially when the pressure is high. And I think in that regard, Hash is uh, wise beyond his years. Um, and is, like, this is, it, they just add to each other very well. Now, of course, because I know you guys are negative Nancys, you're going to interpret this, me saying that Hash does no strategy when that couldn't be further from the truth. Yep. So um, I think they excel in different areas, which... Once again, from the strategic point of view, uh, helps each other. So mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm quite a fan of of that how they have made the arrangement there. I also think um, 
they have certain limitations. Okay, not limitations, but I think they have a very ambitious project that is under similar constraints that, for instance, a London team or a uh, Paris team is under, right? Um, so, like, if you're... Like, they they have always been the, uh, the Western Orc, and the, once again, Kuma had reinforced that idea, so you gotta have that represented in your roster in some way, right? So that, I think... In some ways, there could have been certain upgrades for that team, mm. but you kind of gotta hold yourself to the values that you set yourself up for, and I respect that. I think it will hurt them in the in the competition, though. So, um, do you I think will, it will? I will. I'm, yes. Mm. For instance, okay, let me put this hypothetical to you, right? Okay. And once again, I'm not saying that's an actual decision. But if you had to choose between KSF and Libero, see, like, did you did you guys see how I immediately like I didn't play around? I directly went for his heart and directly brought out the big L. Yeah. Said Libero, and now I I, I already won the argument. Well, that's the, that. Joe. See, this is the thing, right? If if you're if you're kind of building from first principles and you want it to be a Western team, and then you ask me that question, I have to say KSF. But if you're saying it in a vacuum, then of course I say Libra. Mm -hmm. It like it's it's tough. Like I obviously I want Libra. Like if you were to like give me a, a budget and have me build a team, I think he's definitely a player on on that list, and he's probably very high up. But if you're like, hey, build a Western team, you know, or at least a Western leaning team, um, I think KSF is is a good pickup. I, I wouldn't necessarily. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what where where kind of the list or how long the list looks like it's tough to kind of get a read on that but i don't <sighs> here's my problem with ksf i think okay. and maybe i'm completely wrong in this but because ksf is so like has a propensity towards hit scan more so than uh um projectile in in the his uh ability to flex i think okay. that almost necessitates Either another pickup or hydration playing a lot of uh, your flex DPS this season, uh, project DPS next season, which you might like, but don't hate that. Um, I think there are definitely heroes that KSF can can take from the um, from the projectile role, which he also sure. already did in Valiant, of course. But mm -hmm. yeah, um, I think that's that's something to be considered. I think they have a much more elaborate. Uh, conception of how they want to divide up the hero pools um, for these respective players than I have in my mind and it probably makes way more sense but yeah it's like these are not star level players in my mind which you might want in that position and is also still mm. accessible on the market so um, yeah I, I don't know like in that regard I'm I'm a little uh, skeptical and then also just like once again the competition will be fierce and 100% like just in-state competition <laughs> is is a little bit different this year isn't it um, yeah that one I, it doesn't seem like it's getting away from Dallas in, in the Battle of Texas uh, this year I, I believe they won last year correct 
I think they've they've consistently beat Houston, and it, this seems to be a continuation right. of that. And that's no shame to Houston because they've. Oh, maybe maybe Houston is due for like a a fuel update, but I don't think it's that mm, that far off. I think they'll do well this season, but it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Another one quick thing I do want to shout out with uh, with regards to Houston. Um, this interview by Lemon Kiwi for Hot Spawn. Mm-hmm. Shout out to to Miss Kiwi doing the doing the damn thing. Um, is quite insightful. Kind of touches on exactly how they built the roster and and some of the downfalls. Um, which I think Junk Buck in particular probably uh, will help to bridge that gap in quotations. Um, yeah, give that a read if you're if you're a Houston fan and and want to check that out. And uh, for those of you listening in audio land who can't see chat. Um, just head over to Hotspawn, look up uh, Lemon Kiwi, and uh, read along. So, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. And then, okay, I, I suppose like we also should be talking about the other players. Um, the tagline is very interesting to me. I think mm-hmm. Piggy was a highly contested pick in terms of off-tank, which is saying sure. a lot because, um, like, off-tank is just a stacked role. I That's know Gebushi called him the best off tank in the world. Skeptical about that, but um yeah, generally speaking, like I heard good stuff. Maybe not like you know, like S tier, but definitely like A A plus type of uh player. Yeah. That's a really strong pickup. And then I think the the move that drew out a little bit more criticism also was much more polarizing from the opinions I got from coaches was um I mean not watch the name uh Django okay and like of course like Hasha I think said on Twitter like he's uh, a very mechanically skilled main tank um former DPS player so that makes sense um mm. I I heard from some other coaches that they trialed him were not not very very much impressed um just like okay to mediocre type of uh, player for them so i'm looking forward to what what uh, the coaching staff can uh, drag out of that player um i'm a little bit concerned about range for him where i'm like do i trust him with ryan do you want to gamble on Ryan? Jesus Christ, these buffs that are currently coming in. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like it's swinging. I mean, no pun intended. It's still f- four months away, so whatever. Sure, I, or five. I agree. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, um, what, what do you think about that tank line? I, like I said, I like, I like Piggy, at least from you know, the seasons that I, I observed and kind of you know, watched of him in China, but I can't tell you much from Jonggu, but what I will say is if I was to just gold star that tank line and just say, we don't have to worry about them. Let's hypothetically say we don't have to worry about the tank line. They'll just be good. We look at the rest of the roster. I think there's a good chance if that happens again, that's that's the catalyst here. If that if that tank line is bulletproof, is good, can compete. I think Houston can make some big moves. I think this might be one of those teams to kind of uh, pair, not necessarily pair up because they're operating in different ends of the tree, but 
I think in a similar narrative sense, you could kind of compare them to some of these EU teams that, you know, you look on paper, oh, they don't really seem that exciting. Uh, not that doesn't jump off the paper. I don't know why I don't like it. And then you look at the end of the season rankings and you see them at like 10th, 11th, 12th. And it's like, oh, wow, Houston had a, a stellar season, six season for them. Mm-hmm. I think this 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 team, barring that the, the tanks, who again, they're coming into the Overwatch League. It's it's this is this is where shit gets real. This is where you're starting to get compared to some of the best players in the world, if not most of the best players in the world. Right. Can can you you measure up well? I think if you can kind of bar that, I think the rest of the roster looks great. I think you give Dante, you know, a, a good team to work around. I think he's going to perform. I think the same when it comes to Crimson. I think the same when it comes to Happy. I, I look at KSF. I, I've seen good things from him in the past. I've seen good things from a lot of these players in the past. This is a team that has, as much as the, the P word gets thrown around, I think this team has a ton of potential. And I hate kind of leaning on that, especially this season. But it's, it's the it's the bill it's just what we're given there's there's so many like good teams there's so many ways that this team can be good right obviously we have to wait and see but yeah i would not sleep on them i I, i'm not one to just go ah houston's gonna suck that sells them that's that's not fair to them that's nor is that like what what we're seeing here the the thing is dude joe like this is the equivalent of everyone's tough until they get punched in the mouth 100%. 100%. Like, everyone looks good until you start doing your power rankings. And then it's just, like, agony and just... Yeah, like, it's mm. it's tough. It's it, This is probably going to be the most, like, granular, like, oh, I like this coach more than I like that coach. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. this team beat this team in the head. Like, it's going to be so minute. It's, it's nearly, like, I don't think I'll probably hate anybody's power ranking unless you've got, like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I won't throw anybody with their soul power rankings uh, under the bus just yet, but we'll see. I don't know. This 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 season's going to be tough to kind of measure. It, it, it's already hard. Um, Dallas, you know, we'll talk about them because uh, I'm not budging. I'm yeah. not I'm not moving with this this Dallas pick because I'm seeing some of these teams come out and I I quite like them. So we we will we'll get to them. Huh. Not necessarily over. But again, competitive. This this is not like a yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And well, of course, well, like the the format will determine a lot of how things will go. Hundred um, percent. Of course, like I I heard, for instance, like I'm not sure what what we can predict the situation to be like, but mm-hmm. um, I have friends that for sure will be receiving uh, vaccines in January, based on them being part of the. Um, you know, like uh, German, you know, what's it? Health, um, like they're doctors, right? Okay. Healthcare, yeah. yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe we can accelerate some stuff, and then we get to travel in the second half, uh, at least for regional finals, and what that does that then look like, and which teams then adapt better, um. Yeah, which is why, like, this is this is going to be interesting. Uh, how mm-hmm. these things stack up, and it's really like you can never evaluate a team without the context of the environment that they will be competing in. But I can already tell you, I'm going to have pre preseason power rankings, and they're going to lack that crucial information. And therefore, I'm not going to really put any 
uh, stock in them. And then I'll do them again once the situation is more known and we can have mm. some accurate predictions towards that. So, yeah, in general. Is there another pickup by the Paris Eternal just now? Let's see. Uh, that's what I'm looking. The Paris Eternal Con? Con, yes. Cannot say that I am familiar with this player at all. Let's take a look on Liquipedia Obey. Didn't they just win? Yes. Oh, okay. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that would. Oh, ooh, whoops. Uh, not going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, finally a German player back in in the Overwatch League, I suppose. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I won't I won't even humor you that with me having an opinion about that pickup because mm. I genuinely don't know. Um. But yeah, I. Is he is he from Netherlands? Did was I debated? Did Chad debate me? Uh, I don't know. Wikipedia says he's from Germany, but right there know. we go. Good day. Well, Dutch is really just funny German, with with a cough. Yeah. Okay. He's German. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. All the the Dutch are are loving that. I'm sure they're they're over the moon with that comment. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so that's an interesting uh, name to put on top of. Don't think really moves the needle on the on the general scope of the pickups that very much in the theme of. Well, oh, I mean, it might not for us, but for somebody in the know, it certainly might, right? What what I mean is like it feels like a type of pickup that fits the mold. There isn't really a mold breaking sure. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or paradigm shifting, right? Um, okay. And then, do you want to say anything about Happy? Uh, happy to Houston. I think it's great. I think that's one of the pieces alongside DM, who obviously landed back with Shanghai, mm -hmm. that I thought was going to go to a team and be that ons, that decay, that, 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 that kind of rock at mid to long range, you know, hit scan that is being proven that you kind of need. You need somebody with like impressive skill, like immense talent mm -hmm. to be able to kind of compete if you want to do well. Mm -hmm. And that's a move that I think they absolutely killed. Um, yeah. Barring the main tank signing, because I don't know enough about him. I think they've kind of nailed a lot of the big roles really, really well. Like I like Crimzo a lot, especially if you're going, you know, Western leaning, if you're kind of not necessarily limiting yourself because that carries a negative connotation, but if you're setting those parameters, I think Crimzo's sick. I think Happy's fantastic. Again, the big question marks at main tank. If they can land all three, I think Houston does really well. Even two out of three, I think they're going to be competitive, like solidly so. I don't think this is going to be just like a poo-poo Houston, you know, we don't do well on stage type of team. I think I think this is going to be a new look Houston for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I will say, I mean, I hate to double back to Paris real quick, but like, I'm interested to see what this rookie class looks like, because there are some like new players, sure, like Khan coming in. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know anything about you. Let's 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 see. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be really cool to see, because again, talking about language, rookie in Overwatch is weird to say the least mm. you're giving you some most of the time you're giving your uh your rookie player like sparkle was in the rookie of the year discussion right mm. it's just like 
alarm. Obviously, one rookie of the year, mm. not a rookie, right? Yeah. And the Overwatch League guys, one hundred percent, first time in the season or first time in the league, of course, one hundred percent. You you have to view them as as rookies, but who do you like? Now, I guess it, who do you think? But when do you think maybe we'll see like a a a more true rookie in the sense of like a kind of new player coming up immediately through contenders having that big splash and and landing i obviously don't know much about con but kind of plants to see to my it's like oh kind of a new player i haven't seen too much or haven't heard too much about him maybe comes in has a has a seller season gets the closest we probably have come to actually seeing like a true overwatch rookie instead of overwatch league rookie mm. of the year right i think that'll be dope but again anecdote kind of not anecdote but just pin for later to kind of keep in mind all right and chat i'm aware that joe's frozen i'm sorry i can't oh, really can you hear me it. though yeah, yeah i can hear you no no worries um but uh this it's, it's a charming freeze frame so oh great <laughs> let's see right um, oh, okay not terrible not awful yep um okay so then the big ones the biggins nero and glister to the san francisco oh. shock oh it's too good like i i think in my in my as i continue to to grow old and and mature i'm being more comfortable just like with the contrarian in me that's just like okay if things are too good i shift the complete opposite direction it's like well we gotta temper expectations but if things are like too bad, then I swing the other side. No, let's be positive about the things that are, you know, completely poop. My heart wants to be super excited about this, but my brain is like, yo, they can't, they can't just do it to them again. This is too, this, these are too good of pickups. Now something's going to go wrong. Something, no, this can't be it. This can't be it. Something like there's something pulling me back and I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. But these, these pickups, Nero's fantastic. Glister. You, you've got a a championship winning duo there and you're adding to a championship core i i what do you say when you've dropped when when, when this coaching staff has dropped players in the not dropped players but you know as part of ways with players in the past and some retired some have traded gone through hero pools still came out on top still looked good throughout most of the season you would you give them more tools like this can you really can you really put it past them to be able to do it again yeah. I think it's likely at this point. Yeah. I was waiting to see what they ended up with and they ended up with some of the best. Yeah. I I don't know how they keep getting away with it. Yeah. I mean this is I think like the in, the entire uh discussion surrounding that conversation was interesting. Um mm. in terms of like their ability to just like get this talent um, we're kind of late to the party to the discussion of like, oh, they're overspending or they're like big spenders, and that's why they get all the best players. Which, I yeah, can, that's I not can, even true, right? Yeah, it's not true. Um, no, like they they just have a, an appealing um, product there and program, rather. Yeah, and that that players want to be part of. They want to be part. Mm -hmm. They want to be working with. What everyone seems to be uh, agreeing, the best coach in Overwatch history. Uh, yep. They want to be this good. They want to have security. I think the the point that Avast made is 
makes is makes uh, perfect sense even though there isn't even that much precedent in terms of like former shock players that found mm. employment just based on being on the shock um but I, I think that still holds sway in that regard um to towards the decision of th what these players make i also think yeah. the the point that albert made um and i made the same one about price money shares and what you can expect to earn from there is salient. So, yeah, overall, I think it's not bad for the league that they are getting these players. I also think there's something to be said about continuously losing coaching talent that doesn't seem to be uh, taken into account when we're judging the power levels that the Shock uh, are at. Like, letting True. go 9k, letting go uh junk buck like that that's not that's a blow to any franchise oh those are high quality 100%. coaches that have like especially in 9k's case already mm -hmm. have done phenomenal jobs at elsewhere new organizations so yep. like we we only seem to be talking about the players that they pick up and how the rich get richer in that regard when mm -hmm. in all actual fact keeping their coaching lineup together seems to be much more uh, competitive for them. Because, like, a lot of these guys are just getting head coach subs. I didn't even mention Arachne, right? Like, that's another name. So, um, of course, they also attracted uh, some really good coaches, once again, but maybe not ones that should, uh, like, command the same um, quality just yet, and will have to prove uh, once again that that they are on the same level uh, as the ones that left. Um, mm. But it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting um, development. I think this is definitely an announcement for a three-peat. But they are not invincible, guys. Oh, no. They are metas, most definitely metas, where that team might run into struggles un unless... There are other elements that were brought in with the new recruits that bridge those gaps, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, for certain meta developments, right? I also think you already saw that once important pieces leave the shock and those pieces become relevant, and I'm thinking of Genji metas specifically with, sure, sure. Um, with the was it a summer showdown that's uh yes I believe summer so, yeah. show, showdown where they I don't think it's a nece necessarily a coincidence that architect is gone and then uh they play in the final against uh, in a Genji meta and they don't win that one mm. there's no like it's not strong evidence but it's I don't believe this to be random so now we have to ask who left and where is that important in these respective situations? Well, I still would 100% of course put them as favorites uh, for next year at any given point based on the moves they've made. They have not significantly downgraded in any regard. Um, yeah. it, the, this, this feeling of invincibility I don't share. I think they, they did look vulnerable. Uh... Over over the season at times, over the season, yeah, and sure. I think there could be factors that if the meta like just in like the playoffs switches to something very unfavorable, they might be going out earlier than uh, than we even expect. So 
And yep. now the, the field where the punches could be coming from isn't just like four teams, five teams. No. It is likely to be 10 teams. Yep. It's likely to be 12 to 14 teams. So, as begrudgingly as I want to admit that 10 teams could win the league. Right. You guys were right. Yeah. 10 teams could actually win the league. Like, they're all candidates. The best 100%. teams are gamblers. Some teams haven't even announced yet. That's what, what happens, right? Yes. If you get into the playoffs and it's your meta, then you can be soul yep. and you can almost win the Overwatch League. Yep. And if it, if it goes any... Like, I don't think we appreciate the, the closeness of that actually happening. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just a property of our system. And yep. that makes it very hard for a team to for, like Shock to be uh, so competitive. That's why it's mm -hmm. so amazing that they are for such a long yep. time. But that makes their dominance questionable over new circumstances and more volatility next year. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't think this is as decided as, like, as daunting as the community apparently had the feeling when that announcement came. Yeah. And I think we're kind of over it now anyway. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, I welcome... Uh, like, I want to see players like Nero and Glista be put into teams where they can show what they're really made of. Mm -hmm. I, be, I want them to show the potential that they can be MVP candidates coming into the next season. Yep. So, yeah, overall, I don't think it's bad for the league at all. I also think no, that, all. that um, the reception to, like, Nero being picked up and everything. I, like, it's weird that, the, that it feels like the crowd that misses Sinatra is skeptical okay. about Nero. When, in essence, that could be a perfect, like, you know, like, that guy could take that place in your heart once again. Right? Oh, easily. I think people are just skeptical because they're, I think, if familiar. I think people probably don't spend enough time in APAC as they probably should to kind of prepare themselves for Nero, who I think is a fantastic player, can probably be this team's Sinatra. I think that's a great, um, not segue, but kind of lateral move, mm -hmm. I think, does a lot for this team. Um, but to kind of quickly tackle that point about the coaching, I, I, I do think it's a fantastic blow to this team. I think that's where... Krusty and his new look shock in 2021 are going to be tested. I think that's the new narrative that they're going to have to be tested against. But can you name me another you know, franchise? Can you name me another coaching staff that has gone through so much and still continued to be so successful? If there's a team that was going to consistently be tested and check the box each and every time they come to that, how is it not this team? Dude, okay, I'm not going to name names, right? But... There were okay. some some players that the shock considered where I was like, either I'm really not seeing it and nobody else is, right? Or like that's a pickup that might just be too much even for Krusty. And if it wasn't, he's the god king who will just take everyone's firstborns, right? So, um, I I wonder. It's it's really hard to not develop 
like the the feeling that you can just do it, do everything you want, and to like he has been doing it for three years now. He's That's... taking somebody. He understands somebody about the system, and in three teams, three out of three, he takes like either given up on talent and makes them world class mm -hmm. or absolute nobodies and makes them world class yep so I, I will i will like what what blows me away is that he took a dps player from the rocks orcas i guarantee you 90 percent of chat in the youtube comments don't even know what that team or where that team played he took a dps player from there and made him a star who's considered to be the best you know regarded and regaled as one of the best players in the world that doesn't happen. He did that on Boston. Then he won two championships with the Shock. I get, and, and you have to give him this, this, this kind of um, story. You let go some fantastic coaches that are going to make the league a better, you know, a better ecosystem, much more competitive, 100%. But if there's anybody to do it, if there's anybody to repeat longer than anybody else has repeated in the most difficult era, it's crusty. It's weird. It this shouldn't is, be this. This obvious. is the candidate. It really shouldn't be like this. Like it, it, there's not even really a precedent in esports for a coach that does what he has done in Overwatch. I, I feel pretty secure. Not <laughs> this think? not being a, a nephew take. Can you name me a coach that just like takes whoever Joe Schmo from the uh, corner and just like makes him like a top player? And then also dominates leagues in the fashion that the San Francisco Shock have done. That's, and previously also the Boston Uprising. Hey, you're you're preaching to the choir here, brother. I'm I'm on board with that. But I don't feel confident and I don't have the breadth of knowledge in enough other esports, especially ones um that, that are at the top level, namely CS. I, I, I feel confident yeah, I don't in, think in kind of referring to league, but I wouldn't be able to to kind of feel confident in naming right you know or or being you know to, to discredit somebody um i i think a lot of people look at you know coma from t1 yes but there again he has you know the best player in the world and is banked on it so it's like is that necessarily fair does the game change as much that's that's that one's tough i think that would be a fun piece of content to take you know experts from every every era or every, not every era but every like facet of some of these big esports and really try to like make the case and see what they have to say but it, it's tough to be able to kind of branch outside of overwatch i think if he does it again i think that's a discussion i think it has yeah. to be in discussion with with all the context and the the argument the, the kind of preamble that he brings to the table i think he's he sits at that table amongst the greats i think you have to consider him there again you know everybody looks tough until they get they get punched in the face like right. you said Let's see if he can do it. If there's anybody that can do it, it's him. And I think this is this is why we still return back to, amongst other reasons, um, a, a team like Lunatic High who could be consistent. I think that's why we re return back to a team like Rogue, a team like Team Envy, who could be consistent in a game that is inconsistent, who doesn't know what it wants to be, right. who is it, it, Overwatch is chaos. So if you can give a sense of normalcy, I think people attach to that and latch onto it and they go crazy with it. And now, oh my God, nobody can ever beat Lunatic High. I remember making those comments. I remember fielding, you know, hearing them. Same thing with Envy in the West and Rogue in the West. And this, this could be it. We'll have to see. 
But this is this is another one of those candidates amongst the rest of them in history. That's like. They've got the ticket. Let's see if they can execute. And I think that's shock next year. If they can make three, even if they can get to the grand finals, I think that's already a, a fantastic uh, argument to be had. If they can if they can make three grand finals in a row and maybe slip up in the in the third. Come on. I don't I don't think that that's a loss. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just got an idea for fire content. I just gotta jot down real quick. Uh, but yeah, please. let me let me find a segue before we do that. So, okay, I th- I think it bears talking about these p- players individually, not just in the context of shock. So, mm. okay, Glister comes into the league. I feel like I'm having big big take delay again where. In season two, I already said like Decay would be the best rookie coming into season two, and then Goats happened, mm-hmm. yep. and then I said Glista is going to be the best rookie in season three, and then London happened, and and COVID, where they had to play mm-hmm. against uh, like a lot of strong teams. Yep. So I feel like this is this is his Decay moment, where like should be. There again, he's playing behind a lot of fantastic players. I don't though I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Care. I think he's he's built different. Just for I think he's. I I agree. I agree. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of other players that are very uh, built very differently as well. So it's like, does he get the stage time that he rightfully deserves? Like somebody like an architect, like somebody like a rascal, like somebody like a Sinatra, like somebody like a striker. Again, shock. Kind of have an embarrassment of riches problem where. All of these players could be MVPs if they played on different teams, but they're here to win rings and they're part of the system and they show up when they need to. I don't, I, I think people will, I think the, hmm, I think the narrative and the, the, the stocks, if we're going to use that kind of terminology, I think they go up with Glister, but I don't think they skyrocket. He has to see a lot of play time, which is possible. That's, that's no discredit to him, but He's with that roster. I, you could you could see very little glister, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Or you could see a whole lot of glister, and I don't think that's a bad thing either. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there's room for him to still be considered kind of like a an underdog dark horse pick, as as bizarre as that sounds. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm really excited about that one. I'm also excited about newer, of course. But yeah, I think I think it's just fun to be excited about the shock. I, His team stacked. I see. Like the my thing is okay. I I saw Glister do things in contenders that I've not seen do anyone like anyone else do. I think he has mm. otherworldly reflexes. He has otherworldly ability to pick up and process information on the fly. I'm not sure how that works at scale or at volume. So we will have to say that see that. I also agree mm. that while he was good, he wasn't great last year. But there's a lot of reasons why that could be. And I really hope that he crystallizes as a starting player for the shock. But this will likely be very meta dependent uh, for the most 100%. 100%. So, yeah. I, Glister, Glister is one of those. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's, he's definitely built differently. Um, somebody who deserves a ring and and i think that's that's kind of the goal the shock right mm-hmm. 
and, and and I hate to just kind of continue to, to 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 praise them as much as you know they have a test here. The test is can Krusty do what he's done before with even less help when it comes to coaching or or a new coaching regime. But maybe that's a better fit because again, the coaches that they have picked up aren't are bad by any means, but do they kind of hold the same water as as some of these teams? or some of these names like a 9k you know mm-hmm. um with san francisco they're building like an identity that i don't think anybody else has really done other than like bad teams are bad right you, you don't go to this bad team because you're just going to lose anyways and that's the only like there's only polarizing identities mm-hmm. and i think that that's maybe it's a can of worms maybe it's better you know better let it age and and open it in a different medium but i think and i don't know how you'd go about it but making an identity for your franchise and and really kind of sticking to it and having that vision and sometimes they're gifted to you sometimes you know the shock pick up the best coach in the world and he gives you two trophies and now you kind of are the winners of the league um but but i think that's not going anywhere anytime soon even if they don't necessarily win in 2021 even making a deep playoff run i don't think that takes anything away from that mentality that identity of you go to san francisco if you want to win if you want to do well there's not is there other in in your summation maybe that's a, a question for you is there another team that you can kind of aptly say maybe if maybe a fusion with last year's performance in the regular season at least is there another team that you could go to to a player and say, hey, look, you go to this team if you want to do well. That isn't named the shock. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird to say because uh, I think. I think they have an established reputation, but. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's a gut feeling. Maybe I will be proven terribly wrong. But I think joining a team that's coached by 9K could be becoming that destination in the future. 100%. Uh, that's a... Oh, wow. I got you, just got shivers from the idea. I, I, by the way, I don't think it's necessarily like the, the truest framing to say that 9K is a disciple of Krusty. I very much believe he already had qualities... Sure. Before, and I think like sort of like making this this master student type of relationship. Um, I would have to talk to people to see if that holds up. But you want to do me a cool? favor? Yeah. Can you wax lyrical about nine k and let me go pee? Sure. All right, dope. I'll be back. Right. Um. So it would be super cool to have a situation where, let's say. 9K can build something like 95% crusty uh, in terms of like being the destination for where players want to go, trust to be uh, have their level raised, and then have their teams kind of go head to head. I think that's that's like a dream type narrative that would be um, developing into just like a super cool storyline if we could continuously flesh it out. Um, also think that I really enjoy the mystique that these both these characters have, have about them and 
while I definitely want to crack open... I don't think anyone even understands what, why, why Krusty uh, does what he does. And I don't think they understand yet why 9k could be s similar. And I'm not sure I completely understand it yet. Or even have a surface level understanding. And now I have this intense drive to find out whatever it is. And I'm not sure if it would be this magical potion or just like a string of very logically sounding practices that are just made stringently. Or if it's like a really egocentric type of situation where like they're basically like the like the Steve Jobs of um of esports coaching or whatever. I'm not, I'm not sure like I don't even have an inclin like an idea what uh Krusty is about. But they are behind the scenes there are some unbelievable stories that are being told. Um that I like we hope to eventually uh be able to talk about because they're so, sort of delicate. Um but I think they're so cool, and I think these these types of little tidbits, if we can get them out and sort of like compare, like, <laughs> okay, call me, okay, this is going to be the worst. Joker just came back, but if if we can have a crusty 9K to Freud Jung type of situation, this is going to mean something to about two people, uh, that have very fringe uh, interests, but if this is something that um, that could be developing, yeah, Jesus, like I'm, I'm honestly like I, I was kind of like my mind, like I, as soon as I had the idea of just like finding out whatever the magic is, I, I've just been scribbling along like post-it notes here. I think that would be a really cool piece of content to get an idea what this mystique is. So. Maybe I can work on that for you guys and make it a project. Right. See, why does it have to be... I mean, by all means, I want you to do it, right? But let's... For instance, let me, let me plant this seed in your mind, okay? Let me set the stage. Let me paint a picture. Mm -hmm. Let's say Philadelphia has a fantastic 2021. Mm -hmm. And 9K, once again, proves that he's an absolute beast of a coach. Mm. How is this not a league run a league funded big budget piece of content to stick crusty and 9k in a room and just film it it would be i think it would be hilarious too i think um, it'd be insightful i think it'd be hilarious i mean maybe guide them a little bit but come on think of all like think of the interest think again think of the hilarity i think they're you know working together they probably have a good rapport but it seems like it's right in front of you. Right. And you have access to it, or at least, you know, COVID barring, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think you're onto something there. hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I think there's this one of the unexplored stories that is so extraordinary about Overwatch. Mm. Like it's weird. I, I, sometimes I do that where I'm looking up a tweet because like something became topical and I just search for whatever tweet I made and I remembered making like a tweet in 2017, I think, or 16, where I basically said, top tier coaches are going to be as big of a deal in Overwatch as the big name players. 
And I don't think that has ever been a thing outside of coma for SKT. And I'm not sure if that if it was warranted there because um as the faker discussion. Because of the faker discussion. I also don't know enough about it. And I only hear True. people say that he sometimes threw wacky curveballs that didn't work out. But other than that, I really cannot think of a an esport that had so much emphasis on coaches, the amount of coaches, the impact of the coaches in terms of like this player goes to this coach and it has a noticeable difference in up and down. Mm. I also will say, this is also something that is interesting to me towards the, um, the subject of shock players going to other teams with the reputation of like, they're very, really good. They could be playing on the shock so right. you can get them. I'm, like there doesn't like from the limited sample size, size, there doesn't seem to be a ton of residual instilled knowledge that holds over these respective talents that depart from the shock to be able to do what they did on the next team. So either they can't adapt with the knowledge that they have into the new systems because the coaches don't facilitate that or whatever mm. is being taught, is so situationally dependent that it isn't universally a a applicable, if that makes sense, right? Like, Nevix going to Toronto Defiant, when we heard he might have been the starter in Season 2 ahead of Choi, doesn't mean mm. that much when he goes to the Defiant and either his knowledge isn't applicable or isn't, uh, doesn't hold him over a season, right? Right. So, um, yeah, that, like this, I don't know what kind of magical, like, type of, you know, like potions, like asterisk style, he's cooking up there, but it it's it's intriguing to to sort of get behind the secret, and I have no intuitive feeling if the answer to to whatever it is that makes his team special would be impressive. Or super just ordinary stuff. I don't know. I really don't. Well, maybe that's the thing is it's maybe it's ordinary. But to use your, I think, correctly um, located kind of phrase. He has the eyes for it, right? He, he's the he's the gatekeeper. Mm. He allows the right people and he knows how to filter yeah. And and can find those things. And maybe it is just intuitive. Maybe it is, you know, some wacky voodoo stuff that he's concocting over there. But maybe 9K always is, you know, if if we're to dive into an alternate reality, maybe 9K is always destined for greatness. Mm -hmm. As is Krusty. Maybe they just never meet. Maybe Krusty's ever given the opportunity to test the filter. Right. Um but you kind of open up an interesting tangent. Is is Overwatch and will Overwatch give us our first true eSport coaches? Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. I also think that players aren't necessarily the best people to ask. I think generally to asking about opinions is less conclusive than looking at the actual results. Because... Sure, I think it's messy. Right? Like... I wouldn't be surprised if, for instance, someone said at Boston, for instance, you know, Presti didn't really do anything special. Then he left, and then everything turned to dust. 
Um, right. And they, like, maybe there's something just not tracking. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. Like, I, I, I want to capture that magic in a bottle somehow and, and sure. be able to dissect it, but I'm not sure if that's possible, if it's a thing like that. Um, to get at the core, whatever. So you're saying if it's if it's are are you saying it's too intangible that you can't really Possibly, quantify maybe. it? Maybe I don't or, know yet. I have no so idea. Ordinary that yes, it's not even that interesting. Yeah, and maybe even players would say it's overhyped or whatever when the sure. results very much speak against that. Mm. Um, right. So I think in in the theme of the episode, and I don't think we will get to the soul topic, but. Uh, Dan was just announced. Dan, Don, Dan, Don, 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 um, Dan. Not another another player that I'm again not super familiar with. So same. Gonna have to gonna have to wait for an EU rep to to kind of come on and and teach us some stuff because yeah, yeah. I couldn't even tell you what position he plays. Yeah, no offense. Um. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Uh, it's a main tank, so okay. I know that. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's very different. Like I also feel like I'm coming into this offseason very differently than in the past seasons because instead of caring about contenders, I now have to care about other games. So uh, mm -hmm. I'll definitely have to do a bunch of research in the next two weeks. But yeah, um, I, as as we said, we can't tell you much. Once again, like it looks like from the profile of the player, someone that very much fits into this uh, scheme of whatever team they're building. I like that they seem to be having a structure um, in in terms of like or like a profile in terms of what they're building. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll see um, how that uh, that will develop. Um, right. Do you have any other topic? Otherwise, I'm looking at the clock. We're one, at one and a half hours. Yeah, I think it's a good time to to kind of stop. I think um, I, I think people could probably piece together the the idea or or the feeling about uh, the soul topic, and I think that is one that I do want to get to. Mm. Um, because I think there's some spice there. I think people are. I think people will be surprised with my opinion on that, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that. I think I think if you you kind of look at some of the the big through lines throughout this episode, I think you could probably piece it together. So mm -hmm. I'll I'll let the uh, the comment section and maybe the chat kind of figure that one out. But yeah, I think I think it's a it's been a fun one, a little little all over the place, but never hurt nobody. Yeah, that's usually what it's what what our episodes turn out to be like. I noticed, Joe. Let's see if uh if John just forgets uploading this one. <laughs> Like he did last time, <laughs> which I didn't fault him for because it, it was just it's chaotic. It's this one. Oh, do we want to? You want to throw in uh, the glad talk? Sure. Real quick. Sure. Because yeah, skewed. No, right. next to nothing about him. Um. So there, the feedback I got was also very very polarizing. So some mm. said, "Meh, super average, like not inspiring." Others said, like, uh, really good potential. And then others said, like, worst player in his position yeah, in that respective contender season. So, huh. um, 
It's an interesting one. Generally speaking, the pickups of the GLADs, while hyped by the community, have been received... Like, maybe some jealousy going in. Maybe not. Maybe people are just, like, really not that high on these guys. But I've heard similar stuff about Muse. Maybe uh, more positive sure. than Scoot. Uh, than what just uh, represented. Oh, but for sure. Definitely some question marks towards the quality of that tank. Also interesting going into the season as presumably the only main tank. So um, that's, a, that's a certain question uh, one ha will have to ask. Uh, when evaluating the gluts um, coming into the season. But then again, like, mistakes feel less severe this season because of new contract structures. And, mm -hmm. like, even if these players now didn't negotiate or negotiated the 30-day, um, like, uh, you know, like, ability to be ha have their uh, contract terminated, you can still do that to players once you pick them up if you need them so if i really need someone uh in the mid-season and i'm not sure if that he's the answer i can just give him a 30 day and feel very yep. safe about it of course the disadvantage is is that you don't have the entire preseason to build synergy so that's a less yep. adapt um strategy than figuring it out correctly the first time i also heard that a lot of coaches are of the opinion that the main tank is the one that should rarely be switched and that uh, that might be a weakness for teams that are doing it. Sure. To which I, I counter Shanghai and Shock. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic. So. What happened? Yeah, I mean, 50% of those teams you just listed could be considered the best in the world with the best coaching staff. And then, you right. know, maybe opinions differ on the other end of that, but it's like sure. two out of 20... One out of you know two, it's 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 not necessarily a gigantic sample size, but yeah, I'd, I'd agree the the tempo uh, dictators probably not the the best places to kind of be shifting around and changing and you know shifting gears with, but mm. yeah, maybe having a bullpen, maybe having a contenders roster that you're you know aligned with and and bringing up that talent, mm -hmm. not a bad not a bad look, especially this season and. I don't think it's uh, too surprising that more and more coaches are, are kind of talking about contenders. Maybe not necessarily getting involved directly just yet, but kind of making it known that, you know, they're, they're keeping an eye on contenders and maybe they'll get back in when it works. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's that crazy, especially with the way the contracts are right now. But yeah, good time. Also, Right, uh, Chad is rightfully pointing out that we have once again haven't talked about Titans, Soul, and Boston. I feel pretty confident in saying that this is a topic <laughs> that will be best talked about in a week or two from now, just because mm -hmm. announcement are to be expected, right? Like Soul still hasn't announced an off tank. Uh, oh, Titans really uh, still has a couple of guys to announce. I know the Boston stuff has been reported. Um, but in that regard... Wait, what just happened? Agilities. Okay. Can I, can I talk about this on, on air? I've, this man boomed me so hard. I've never been so boomed. I've ne I, I don't think he would mind. Packing boomed the... Oh, is this what I think it is? Me. Wait, let me, let, let me quickly... Quickly this is a stupid this. story. Okay. So, <laughs> chat. Someone 
quickly scroll through the... Wait, is this a right value account? Is this real? Yeah. Yes, okay, so... Okay. Yeah, boy, Yeska hears about Agilities. Has no ability to, um, to verify that that is actually an actual signing. And therefore won't report on it. What he will do, though, is tease a coach about that signing happening. So, a Yiska makes a Photoshop about the stupid Valcatraz thingy, where the head from Agilities is coming like from the top thing. Three days later, Packing posts that picture on Twitter. <laughs> no words said. And I'm just like, oh my god, he just boomed me in the neutral. Like... Jesus Christ. Like, now I can't report on it because he might be trolling me heavily, right? I have no ability to, to verify this one. So I'm just going to have that, have him, <laughs> like, let him have it. And now it's true? Dude. Okay, Packin. Okay. Like. Right. Lives in your head rent-free, bro. You got He's two me. weeks ahead on rent. You got me. That Packing. Come on. Jesus Christ. The uh, ultimate leak defense. Yeah. He's got agents off of Valcatraz. He's working in your mind. Planted the seeds. Yeah. He's impervious. No weaknesses. None. Zero weaknesses. Yo, shout out to Packing 10. I think he deserves a, like a fat budget. And yeah. Yeah. I want I want I want I want Packing to come bring home a championship. Nothing would make me happier to see him like build his dream roster. And I think he'd probably come on and say, like, oh, this is my dream roster, but, like, yeah. just a stack lineup and then coach him to a ring. I think that'd be so sick. Right. I think you'd do it, too. So, shout us to him. And yoinking your memes, because fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> what a guy. Um, so, I think that's, that's it for today. Thank you for watching. I will once again shout out the patrons if I can find the tab where they're in. I found it. I'm so well prepared for this. Yeah, um, Okay. So, once again, uh, thank you to Refined Bean, Frodinio, Pin, Battlecrap, Lolshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Chara, Picasso, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tain, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris R, 34444, Hobjorn, I listen to pod, uh, this podcast whilst on the toilet in the shower thinking of Yiska, Peace Camper, Shrek 2 on DVD, Sir Gerthalot, and Bronzebot Buhau. Mm -hmm. um, we also had subs, but did you take notice of them? I, yeah, I, I mean, I personally didn't, but thank God uh, for Eric. Uh, we've got some resubs. We've got Pin to Paper, Enco, Sad Albatross, and Willow with the fantastic raid. Uh, you know, definitely. Definitely love that. Um, and also a five-star iTunes review. Thank you so much, Boo How. Uh, they say, number one acapella intro in North American esports podcast, GG Boys. And if you want, you know, your, your name read, your comment may be read. I don't know if that's necessarily going to continue. Um, we'll see. But you can always do that if, uh, you know, COVID's, you know, pinching the pocket a little bit. And uh, you don't necessarily have any extra cash to come in and sub or donate. You can always leave a five-star iTunes review. Um, helps us with you know being discovered and you know all that good stuff and the algorithms and all that magic. So uh, yeah, please go do that. We'll shout you out. All right.
then with that, we say thank you. Uh, we're looking forward to having John back. And then we'll see. Keep keep updated on the Twitter. We don't know yet. We're not that planned. We don't have life figured out to that degree. We still very much suffer from the human condition. Maybe we're crying over the weekend and won't feel anything uh, in us to have an episode on Monday. But maybe we will do. And so we'll have to watch out for our socials. Thanks again. That was Tactical Crouch. See you guys next time. Bye.